It is our tradition every year, about this time of year, to review the highlights and achievements from the past year and to look forward to what I think should be some of our priorities for the coming year. But this is also a sermon. It is a chance for me to share with you from the Word of God and to give you some encouragement for your faith in your personal life. And so I want to begin with a scripture that God has placed on my heart and something that I believe should always guide us as Christians and something that I believe that we should pay particularly close attention to into the 2024th year of our Lord. So I want to read to you from the Gospel of John chapter 10 and we'll read verses 1 through 4. This is what it says. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him. Because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I've been doing a lot of listening lately. Listening for God's voice extra careful. Especially over the last month. I always do this time of year. I guess it's natural because we're thinking about where are we going in the the coming year. And I'm thinking as a leader, I'm thinking about God, where do you want me to lead people? And so I'm seeking that that guidance from the Lord and listening for his voice. And of course, we've especially been thinking about that. And I've been thinking about that hard as we've been working to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church and begin a new chapter in the life of our church. It's a, it's a pivotal time. We need the guidance of God. So I've tried to be especially attentive, asking, Lord, what do you want for our church at Pleasant Grove? And I have taken time to be alone, to have some quiet time to pray. And I've been listening for God's voice to answer and to lead us. But how do I know if the voice is the Lord's. How can any of us know that? And that's what I want to talk about today. Jesus used an illustration to remind people how to listen to God's voice and ignore all of the others. The people who lived in Jesus' day, believe it or not, had a similar problem that we have. So many voices claiming to speak for God and to share the truth. In their day, they had Pharisees who believed one thing and had one agenda. And they had Sadducees who were another group. Then there were the zealot religious radicals. Then they had a kind of a happy hippie scene group that wanted to leave society behind altogether and move out to the country and start a whole new thing. And then there were politicians. There were Greek philosophers. There were... The Roman occupiers that had their own agenda and tried to tell people the way they should be. Everyone had an opinion and they wanted to share it. 
And it kind of reminds me of our day and age where we got a 24-hour-a-day news cycle. They're always trying to tell you the news and share their editorial opinions. And then we even have social media now where people can get on and post on Facebook or Instagram their opinion, share about what products you should buy or, 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 or tell you what, what they think. And, you know, if you've got a YouTube channel, you get enough followers, you can go out there and you can just pretty much um, be an expert in anything. As long as you've got enough followers, they'll follow you and they'll listen to what you say. How do we know what to listen to? How do we know what God wants us to do? How do we cut through the clutter and get to the truth? Jesus says, He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. After He has gathered His own flock, He walks ahead of them, and they follow Him because they know His voice. And I was thinking about that, and thinking that needs to be our main priority in the coming year. To know and listen to the shepherd's voice, our Lord. And I want to suggest some ways that you can tune in and hear God's voice amongst all the other distractions. But it all comes down to this. You've got to get near God to hear God. You've got to get near God to hear God. And prayer is one of the chief ways that you know and spend time with God. Simply put, prayer is talking to God. That's what we say. And you don't have to use fancy language. You don't have to use King James language or try to sound like a preacher on Sunday morning. You just talk to God the same way you would talk to a good friend or your mom or dad or your, your child. Prayer is simple. Sometimes... Prayer isn't even talking at all. It's just intentionally sitting quietly with God on purpose. There's that word, intentionally. Doing it intentionally. Just like you might spend time with your spouse or with someone you love, you don't say anything, you're just together. Prayer is the simplest way that we connect with God. Today, I'm going to go down after church to visit with my mom. We still haven't had Christmas together. She lives all the way down in Hawkinsville. She was in the hospital over Christmas, so we couldn't do that then. We were going to go down tomorrow, but then the weather sort of changed our plans. So we're going to be driving down after church, visit with her, and then drive all the way back, try to get back before the weather gets here to, uh, late this evening. But going down to spend time with her, I try to call my mom at least once a week, and we talk. And by talking regularly, I stay in touch with her. I know what's going on with her. She knows what's going on with me. But here's the thing. My mom lives with my younger sister. So my younger sister is around her a lot more than me. She talks to her all the time. She's there with her every day. And Katie knows what's really going on with my mom, right? She knows so much better than I do because I just talk to her once a week. Does that make sense? If you want to know God's voice, you got to spend time with Him all the time. It's great if you, if you just pray to Him when you got a problem. He wants you to pray to Him and talk to Him. But you're only going to get Him so, to know Him a little bit through that. But if you, and if you only pray to Him once a week or once a day, 
you're, you're going to be limited. But if you're constantly in prayer with God, you're going to get to know Him. You're going to become accustomed to what His voice sounds like. Another way is through Scripture. A way that we get near God to hear God. Scripture is the primary way that God speaks to His people. Whereas prayer can sometimes feel fuzzy and intangible, Scripture is solid and unchangeable. Scripture is the foundation of all true Christian belief and practice. The Bible tells you who God is and what He expects from you. How you are to live and what you are to do. Scripture and prayer go together. We speak to God through prayer, but God speaks to us through Scripture. And the more you read Scripture, the easier it is to know the difference between random thoughts and insights and the true voice of God who's trying to lead you. You see, if you're hearing something, if, you, you, if you're feeling something, but it totally goes against what Scripture's saying, you can be pretty sure that that's not God that's leading you. Why would God say one thing in Scripture and then contradict Himself by what He's saying to you in prayer or through meditation? The two are going to go together. Another essential way that we get near to God to hear God is by plugging in with God's people in the church. Being a Christian who follows Jesus is never something we are supposed to do all by ourselves. Think about it. What do we read in Scripture? Jesus called 12 disciples and they followed Jesus as a group. They didn't do it all alone. And that's how Jesus calls us too. We're to follow Him together. Trying to follow Jesus all by yourselves without being part of a church community, it can actually be dangerous. But when we plug in with God's people, God speaks to us and He leads us. Here at Pleasant Grove, we have a number of ways to plug in. We are all doing it together as we worship in public together. But you must go deeper. You have to get to be part of a small group. We offer several ways to be part of a small group to be plugged in. There's Wednesday night dinner as you sit around the table. And yes, you know, sometimes the conversation is just general conversation. But we're doing, if we do it intentionally, if we talk to each other about our lives and what is it God is doing in our lives, that can be a time of spiritual growth. You know, the disciples sat around the table and ate dinner together too. Thursday morning Bible study is another time of, of a small group of people gathering together. Sunday school could be it. Youth, children's ministry could be it. And guess what? You don't have to be a youth or a, children, a child to be a part of youth ministry and children's ministry. Because we need volunteers to help with that. And that could be a way for you to plug in to a small group and grow in the faith. The Elizabeth Circle meets once a month on Tuesdays. The Sack Lunch Group, sometimes it's a ministry where you gather together in a small group and you grow together. 
But I want to implore you all to get plugged in. And I want you this year to seek to grow accustomed to hearing God's voice through prayer, through Scripture, and by plugging in with God's people. Now, I want to take a minute just to look back over the last year and think about where we had been. 2023 was a a difficult year here at our church. The whole year, for me, it felt like we were walking through the desert. We were like the Israelites who were trying to escape slavery in Egypt. United Methodist denominational leadership did not want our church to leave and did not want any of the other churches to leave. And even though God's voice was clearly telling us that it was time to leave, the bishop paused the denomination's disaffiliation process one year ago. It seemed it would be impossible for us to get out of Egypt. But God is our deliverer. And he parted the Red Sea so we could leave. And God was with us as we walked through the wilderness of raising the disaffiliation fees and doing all of the legal work that was required to make the change. In many ways, it was weary and it was tiresome. It wasn't the most exciting thing that we wanted to do. But all was done with the great hope of the new promise that the future might hold. And we also saw the hand of God moving in many ways. Even in the desert, I saw flowers blooming and water flowing. And I want to name some of the ways that I saw that in case you missed it. First of all, we saw new growth in 2023. We started out back in January by baptizing a baby, little Robin Starling. And it was a sign of things to come for the year as we baptized this child. Last year, we had seven professions of faith, seven people who proclaimed that Jesus Christ is their Lord. And that is something worth us saying, hallelujah, amen. And we also had 10 new people join the membership of our church. And I'd like to point out that that is the highest, largest increase that we have had since before COVID. 10 new members of our church. We haven't had that many since 2019. All in the midst of what felt like we were walking through very difficult times, very dry times. Also, we had tremendous outreach in our community, especially to kids. Our sack lunch program continued to flourish, sharing blessings with the children of our community through Pleasant Grove Elementary School and White's Pediatrics. These are uh, groups that identify children that are in need, and we pack sack lunches for them so that they'll have a little bit of extra food. We also helped with other needs like school supplies and improvements on the, for the playground at Pleasant Grove Elementary School. And I know that the school is very thankful and kids will enjoy the benefits of those blessings for years to come because of your generosity and the volunteers at our church. 
We also packed over 100, I don't even know, Becky, what was it, 150? 138 boxes for Operation Christmas Child. And those are blessings that will go all over the world. And we got to hear from uh, a young man from Kenya who told the story of how he received a shoebox when he was an orphan who was orphaned by the, the Rwandan genocide in Rwanda, not Kenya. And, um, and so those 138 boxes going all over the world, and we don't know the blessings that they would do, but we trust by faith they will make a difference. So thanks to Susan Cooksey and to Tom and Sherry and to Becky Haley and to all of our many faithful volunteers who, who come each week, to make sack lunches happen, to make Operation Christmas Child happen, and all of these wonderful things that we do to outreach to children in our community and to our world. And if you'd like to be a part of one of those ministries, please let me know because we'd love to get you plugged in. Our children's ministry also flourished under the very capable ministry of Melissa Starling. One year ago today, before Melissa took over leadership of our program, Our children's ministry was floundering. We needed volunteers. We needed leadership. We needed excitement. We needed someone to get things coordinated and going. And that was one of our priorities for the last year. Melissa stepped in and began with us at the end of January last year. And she helped bring all of that excitement and coordination that we've needed over the last year. Last Sunday, we had nine kids up here at the altar. Today, I counted, we had seven So uh, for our children's moment. And the kids have been active and growing all year long with consistent weekly classes, Sunday school, children's church, nursery, and we had a community Easter egg hunt, vacation Bible school, trunk or treat, and some people ask, well, we have so many people. You know, we, for our Easter egg hunt, this church was, had more people in it than it does right now. And some people say, well, why don't they come on Sunday morning? Well, I'll tell you. We don't do those things so just so that we can get people to come. We're not trying to trick people into coming to church. We're doing something to show love and do something that's helpful to them. Yes, it is an excellent opportunity for us to get to know many people in our community, but we want to help them even if they don't come. By the way, many do come to our church through these events. Some are sitting here today who came to our church for the first time through some of those events. But we continue, one of the things Melissa's done, she's helped us to maintain those connections with people. So, for instance, all of the people that came to our community events now are receiving a newsletter from our church once a month. Melissa publishes something that tells them what's going on in our church, but also she tells them what's going on out in the community. And she shares some different games and things that they can do because we want to help people in our community, families in our community thrive, whether they're in our church or not. They even did a children's program, a a Christmas program a month ago and went Christmas caroling to visit shut-ins in December. So I want to thank Melissa, and I hope you will too. And I don't want to pass up this opportunity to thank someone else that you may not know about, Sydney Harris. Um, She sort of snuck in quietly about halfway through the year. Melissa came and said, you know, 
I'm doing so much and it's just too much for me to work a full-time job and to do all that we're doing at church. We need to hire somebody to help with the children on Wednesday nights. And so we hired Sydney Harris, young young lady, who started out, I believe, as part of our youth program, grew up, graduated college, went to co- uh, graduated high school, went to college, then graduated from there, and is now a teacher. But she also teaches kids here on Wednesday nights. So uh, she's done a fine job, and we appreciate her. So the children's ministry has been a wonderful success over the last 12 months. And of course, our youth ministry has been a beautiful success over the last 12, uh, 12 months as well. We are blessed to have Amy Harris leading our youth ministry, and you should thank her and make sure that she knows how much you appreciate what she does with our youth. We are blessed to hear her brief inspirational messages that are supposed to be for the youth every Sunday morning, but we all feel young at heart and get a lot out of her messages. But she also loves and leads and inspires the youth throughout the week and, uh, of course, on Wednesday nights with the youth program. She also helps teach Sunday school for youth along with Deborah Sloan and Mackenzie Marlowe. And she does a lot throughout the year to bless the kids, to keep things coordinated and to plan events. And um, just to, to, the kids know, the youth know that she loves them. And even kids, once they graduate and grow up and become adults, they still know that she loves them. And that makes all the difference in the world. But she does, has done a lot of good things in 2023, continuing to get volunteers up to go and participate at the Miracle League um, just recently, getting up volunteers to go down to the Christmas parade to deliver hot chocolate for free at the parade, taking kids to fields of faith. And, you know, all of that has to do with the youth program. Meanwhile, she's also helping with things that aren't even necessarily youth. She was one of the, the biggest supporters and volunteers at Vacation Bible School with the kids staying long after everybody else had gone home to put up decorations and to get things ready for vacation Bible school. She took the kids on a beach trip to Florida, sponsored two yard sales, one of which was to raise money to do outreach during Christmas. And she went out and blessed, I don't know, how many families did you reach out to, Amy? Four families. Okay, but one of those was a late last minute thing that came in on Christmas Eve. So on Christmas Eve, while some of y'all were out doing your last minute shopping for your wife to get, you know, a gift for her, she was out delivering Christmas to a family. And, um, and, and even on Christmas Day, she was out delivering Christmas to a family. And I think that speaks highly of her um, and I also, uh, I'm so thankful for Amy and what she does, but I also want to take a minute to, to thank some special volunteers who have been working with the youth program on Wednesday nights so that Amy can focus on teaching. Uh, we have now volunteering usually once a month, uh, Ricky Stack, Mike Wilson, Scott Denson, and DJ Seifert taking turns week by week to be up there in the youth room with Amy. So 
Um, youth program has, has done really well this year, and we're very thankful for the work Amy has done with them. Another thing that I'm particularly proud of is our music program here at Pleasant Grove. Now, David is really humble, and he really doesn't like people to make a fuss about him and to talk about how awesome he is. But I would be remiss if I didn't say David is awesome. <laughs> and the work he does with our music program is wonderful. He, he has helped provide, um, coordinate. He, he gets the choir rehearsed so that we can provide great music throughout the year. Sometimes writing original music or original arrangements so that things can work together. He has incorporated brass instruments and musical instruments, solos by talented individuals. He has invited in special guests to give us a treat every now and then. Um, he's also worked over the last year to get more of you involved. Even people who might not necessarily have a, a gift for singing, but he's incorporated um, into narrations and speaking parts for our Christmas program or, or our uh, Easter program. Of course, he also works with the praise band, and we had a wonderful example of that. Each month we have a wonderful example of it as the praise band leads in one Sunday's worship. But then, of course, on Christmas Eve, we had a whole special Christmas contemporary program. And then, of course, the choir here that evening on Christmas Eve to sing for the Christmas Eve service. And, you know, one of the things that's so interesting about what David does is he continues to show how relevant the choir is in our contemporary times and choral music is, something that fewer and fewer churches are doing. As you talk with, you see more and more churches are going completely contemporary and leaving uh, out choral. But, and, they, and people will always say, well, that's what the young people want. The young people want the contemporary music. But that's not necessarily true. You ask some young people sometimes. You know, Abigail will tell you that she prefers hymns and she likes choir music. And so, you know, don't stereotype a generation to say that they just want this or that or the other. We've almost come to a place where we're full circle. Where a lot of people are in wanting hymns and choir music. So David has been able to, we're going to have contemporary music because it's wonderful but we also are going to have choir and hymn. We had the Operation Mercy Drops going through the year as well. We continued with that program. I believe we've given out 12 grants through the year. And you can think back and remember some of the many ways that we've done, helped people with hardships. Um, maybe they had a house fire or they had a medical problem and we've helped them um, doing grants to recognize people. I can't remember the name of this person that's on the screen. Coach Janori. Coach Janori that does so much to help with youth in the community and we honored him with a $1,000 uh, grant. Um, um, we've also helped community organizations so that they have some funding that could help them do their job better. So throughout the year, we continue to do those grants once a month, and, um, and it's been a wonderful thing. When we started Operation Mercy Drops, we had enough funding to go for 12 months. And um, um, that 12 months, 
was funded with extra money, and we've been able to go for, I think, about three years at this point. So what was started out as for just 12 months, turned in, God multiplied it by three, and what a wonderful thing that has been. Unfortunately, right now, Operation Mercy Drops has depleted almost all of its funding. I think there's $300 left in their account, and after that, we don't have a plan to refund it unless somebody wants to... Uh, make a donation to go towards that, and we can continue to give these grants. But right now, that's where we stand. But I want to thank Selena for leading that program for the last three years, and for Kelly Scruggs that's been part of that, Mike Wilson, and Andrea Adams that would get together once a month and look over the, the candidates and make a choice on who to, to give the grant to. What a wonderful thing it was to see those grants going out all through last year. So those are some of the things, and, and it's always hard whenever I think back. There's so many things that happen throughout the year. I know I have forgotten something or not highlighted something, um, but we are very proud of what our church was accomplished in 2023. As I look forward to, to 2024, I said in the beginning that we need to focus on following God's voice. He will lead us into the future He wants us to, to find. And we will know God's voice through prayer, Scripture, and through plugging in with God's people at the church. As I have heard God's voice, He has shared that we can be excited about what's coming this year. The hard work of the past year is paying off, and we will see more blessings in 2024. I also want to share some specific things that we are working on that I want to see happen this year. First of all, um, when you look in the backs of your pew, you do not see a hymnal, but that's okay. We are going to get a new hymnal in 2024, and you will have a brand spanking new hymnal there. We have already ordered 20 hymnals for the choir. They will be arriving soon, and that will give us a chance to test those out. But we are excited about a new hymnal that has come out called Our Great Redeemer's Praise. And pay, pay attention because probably coming soon you'll have an opportunity to uh, buy one in honor or memory of someone that you would like to recognize. And these are great hymnals. The one that we had with the United Methodist Church was good. It was a great hymnal too. But it was over 40 years old and it needed to be updated. It was out of date. And this hymnal that is coming out, I think, I'm not sure, David, but I think it may be really the first really comprehensive hymnal that has come out in decades. This is not just like a supplement or a little thing. This is like an actual real hymnal. It is every bit as good uh, and worthy of a replacement of the old hymnal. Um, and it's actually better because it's brand new. It's got the old stuff in it, but it's got a lot of new stuff in it as well. And so we're excited to be getting that in a time when many churches are moving away from hymnals, but we're hearing God's voice saying hymns are great and we're going to continue to be singing them. So we're, we're excited about that. Another thing that we're going to be working for this coming year is a new church directory. We need one. 
The one that we have is way outdated. We were actually in the process of updating our church directory in 2020 when COVID struck and just threw everything off course. And so we haven't gotten back to it, but we're going to get back to it this year. So be looking for that. We're going to be taking pictures and we're going to be getting everything ready and you'll have an up-to-date new new church directory that hopefully includes everybody in our church family. A third thing that we're going to work on this year is cleaning up our church membership role. We've already done a lot of work over the last 18 months on that. Um, what we, we had was the old, dusty, ancient, handwritten books with everybody's name in it. That's all we had. But over the last 12 to 18 months, we have taken all of that, and thanks to some wonderful volunteers, um, which included Walker England, and even Matthew Head was coming in and entering in names on the computer, but the primary person that really helped us get that together was Donna Phillips. Thank you, Donna. She came in and entered in all of that. She had to read all of that old writing and put it into the computer. So now we have all our membership roles on a digital format. That was step one. Step two this year is to go back through it and check all of those names because there's people that have moved away. There's some that have moved to other churches. There's some even that may have passed away and they're still on the rolls, but we're going to get that all cleaned up this year. So um, with all of those things said, I want to encourage you to be excited about what is going on in our church. We are part of a new global Methodist movement. God is moving in Methodism, not just in our church, but all over the world. And it's exciting. And we get to be a part of something great. So let's get motivated. Let's get involved and be part of what God is doing. He's doing something right now that he's not done in generations. You don't want to miss out on it for whatever reason. Be part of it. Get excited about our church. Invite people to come and be part of the great things that we are doing. Get excited about our music program where we we do praise music, but we also do choir music and we're getting a brand new hymnal. Get excited about that and tell people about it. Get excited about our children's ministry and tell them how we have kids coming each week and they love being here and they're learning and they're growing. Get excited about our youth ministry. We have a fantastic, we have a youth minister who has more experience probably than anybody else in our area. She was telling me she's been at our church for 10 years almost, and she's been in youth ministry for like 30, 30 years. That, (laughs) no, she's not old. I mean, use a saw her up here. She's young. She is young at heart and full of energy. And um, that's something that nobody else has. Um, Most people who get into youth ministry do two years. And then they're done for the rest of their life. (laughs) Amy has a heart for it, and we're blessed to have her. Tell people about that and bring bring, bring their youth here. Get excited about ministry to our adults and our fellowship. Get excited about our incredible outreach to our community. We've got a person coming here from Pakistan. 
Pakistan to tell about how they're ministering, and we're a part of that. Get excited about, get excited about how we stand upon the truth of the Word of God, but we also love and accept everyone. Now, if you're here in this church today and you came through the front door, you know that that is true. That's not just lip service. We love everybody. Just because we, we stand by the truth and we will not bow to what society says and, and um, let our, our values slip and unite with just whatever the world says is true. We stand upon the Word of God, but we do it in love. And you've, if you've been here for any time, you know that's true. And the world needs that. So let's invite them to come here and be part of that. I know that this is running a little bit long, but I have one last thing to do before we close. At the beginning of each year, we begin with new leaders. And so I want to list the the new leaders of our church, and I want to have them stand as I call everyone's name, and then we will pray for them, and then we will finish for the day. And you can go home, or you can go to the grocery store and get your milk and your bread before the snowstorm comes. Um, so I'll call the names as I call them. You just stand and remain standing until we're done. Some of these names will be called more than once because they're serving in more than one way. Tom Dixon, Mike Wilson, Amy Harris, this is our church council, Jeff McDonald, our treasurer, Kevin Roberts, our finance chairperson, Jimmy Brooker, our HR chairperson, Um, currently... Marcus is still serving as our trustees chair until we complete all of the the paperwork for disaffiliation. And then that should happen within a week or two. And then Bobby Brooker will be our trustee chairperson. David Crawford will be our new lay leader, taking over for Jason Denson. Then Andy Andrews will be our lay delegate to annual conference. Teresa Andrews will be our reserve lay delegate. Donna Phillips is our marketing specialist. Amy Harris is our youth minister. David Crawford is our music minister. Melissa Starling is our children's minister. Deborah Sloan is our Sunday school superintendent. At-large members are Elaine McDonald, Mary Cobble, and Mary Beth Reno. Human resources, chairperson Andy Andrews, layperson David Crawford, And then we have Susan Cooksey, Jimmy Brooker as our chair, Danny Cobble, Selena Weed, Lori Roberts, and Eddie Brooker. Nominations and training team, Sherry Dixon, Sally Thomas, Amy Crawford, Angel Kirk, Kelsey Eichard, Bobby Brooker. Members of the trustees board, Becky Haley, John Adams, Lori Roberts, Mike Kirk, Kyle Marlowe, Scott Denson, Robert Starling, Bobby Forrester is our chair, and Becky Ward. Our finance committee, led by Kevin Roberts, lay delegate annual conference, Andy Andrews, chairman of the church council, Tom Dixon, human resources chair, Jimmy Brooker, lay leader, David Crawford, chairman of trustees, Bobby Bobby Forrester, treasurers, Jeff McDonald, and assistant, Donna Phillips, Financial Secretaries, Gene Coker, Teresa Marlowe, 
Deborah Sloan. Finance members at large, Bobby Brooker, Stephen Weed, Scott Ward. Operation Mercy Drops Committee, chaired by Selena Weed and helped by Kelly Scruggs and Andrea Adams. Mike Wilson was retiring this year. Other leaders, Vice Treasurer Donna Phillips, Alter Guild Kay Fetzer, Church Historian Rita Wagers, Librarian Becky Ward, Coordinator of Ushers Mike Marlowe, Coordinator of Special Events Angel Kirk, Deborah Sloan, Sally Thomas, Coordinator of Family Night Suppers Angel Kirk, Prayer Coordinator Sherry Dixon, Alternate lay delegates to annual conference, Teresa Marlowe, Memorial Garden, Elaine McDonald, Jimmy Brooker, Scouting Ministries Coordinator, Frank Fetzer, Sack Lunch Coordinator, Susan Cooksey. Thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to lead our church in the coming year. These are your leaders. Everyone, please pray for them. And let's pray for you all right now. Father God, we thank you for these who have stepped up and said, here I am. Father, we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon them, that they will help lead our church well. And may you be glorified by it all. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.